following was recorded at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you for listening. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, Until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) Thanks, y'all. It was fun, fun. Have a seat. are you? Who are you? Three simple words, one enormous question. The question of identity. The question of identity is a big one these days as we wrestle with issues around gender and race and citizenship. Who are you? Where does our identity come from? Does it come from above? Does it come from within? Or is our identity given to us? Is our identity formed in our mother's womb, as the psalmist says in Psalm 139? Or are we shaped by what others tell us about ourselves? One preacher mentions in a recent sermon that children believe what they are told about themselves. If you call them bad, children will start to believe they are bad. If you call them worthless, children will believe that they are worthless. If you call them useless or dumb, they will come to believe that they are useless and dumb. In other words, studies indicate that children are shaped by what they are told 
And some believe that for every one negative thing that they hear about themselves, they need to hear at least ten positive things to counteract it. You may have seen a movie called The Help. In this movie, there is a group of mothers who depend on the help to raise their children. Set in the 1960s segregated South, a five-year-old May Mobley is not the svelte, trim daughter that mother had imagined. The mother is constantly making references to May Mobley's weight. And the girl is taken care of, though, by the family maid, Abilene. And Abilene always noticed when the mother would make these comments to May Mobley. And she would always lift up the child. And Abilene would state her mantra and bless her with these words You are kind. You are smart. You are important. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. This is what Jesus calls the crowds today in our gospel from Matthew. And you might recognize this little bit. It comes from the great Sermon on the Mount after the Beatitudes when Jesus redefines who is blessed. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, blessed are the peacemakers. These are the people who would be blessed. And we cannot underestimate how countercultural this would have been for those first hearers. Isn't it the powerful that are supposed to be blessed, Jesus? No. Jesus is redefining this. And in the shaping of this new kingdom, the least expected are blessed. I bet these folks had never been called blessed before. But now they have. Anyway, after these beatitudes comes the peace that we hear today. And Jesus is continuing his teaching to the crowds. And that's when he starts talking about them being salt and being light. You are light. You are salt, he tells his students. And he puts a little bit of time into this image, Jesus does. Notice that this is not a conditional statement. You are light if you do this. You are salt if that happens. No, this is not conditional. He says you are salt. You are light. He talks about salt losing its saltiness. But does that really happen And he talks about putting a light under a bushel. But wouldn't that just start a fire and burn your house down? There are several scholars who indicate that this might be Jesus' attempt at humor. Right? But we don't often think of Jesus as humorous. Ha, 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 very funny, Jesus. We don't think of Jesus that way. But I believe that Jesus knows a little bit about light. And a little bit about salt. And he knows what that would have meant to the people in that culture. Salt, as we all know, adds and enhances flavor. It's also a preservative. 
And it allows for food to be eaten down the road during hard times. Salt is valuable. Salt purifies and heals. In a largely agricultural area, he would have also known about the importance of light and warmth. He would know that it facilitates growth and health. He would have known about the importance of light. I just heard a quote that says, When you're lost and alone in the dark, you never forget the person who brings you a torch. In other words, you are light and you are salt. It's a big deal. They support existence and they bring blessings to the hungry and the lost and the cold and the lonely and the suffering. To be light and salt is to be life givers. It's a great responsibility. And today Jesus passes that responsibility to his disciples and to every single one of us. Do you ever think about how we as a church are light? Well, our church is certainly a bright and beautiful spot. It is reflective of how God shines in the darkness of the world. These windows capture light and they reflect how lovely and beautiful and colorful life is. And in our worship experience, as you just heard, and in our conversations, we reveal how God is marching in our lives today. And we as a church are also called to point out some of those places that lie in shadow. We all know that light can illuminate some places we'd rather avoid. It can reveal some fine lines and wrinkles. And yes, that too is the role of the church, to cast a light into those places and say, you can't hide from this. You've got to go there. Light does not discriminate. And how are we salt? Well, I'd like to think that St. Paul's adds a little bit of flavor and texture to the church scene around here. And as the Episcopal Church... We have a particular flavor that we bring to conversations about who God is and who God loves and who God welcomes. We are salt every time we awaken a spiritual life that has grown dull. The church is salt when we give someone a new way to look at and interpret scripture. The church is salt when we provide a space in which a person might say, I've never thought of God that way before. We add salt whenever we create a space in which people might say, huh, I didn't realize I could use my imagination. I hear these things all the time about the Episcopal Church, about St. Paul's, about how we are light, how we are salt. And what about you? You are light. You are salt. Do you really believe that about yourselves? I hear it all the time. I don't have any real gifts. I don't know much about the Bible. I'm not that spiritually interesting. I'm not very talented. Oh, 
how quick we are to sell our spiritual selves short. Maybe we've had other voices tell us that we're not that important. But here today, the more important voice comes from Jesus of Nazareth. You're not those other things, he says. You are light. You are salt. How are you light and salt? Have you ever thought of the ways that you individually bring life and energy to others and illuminate the dark corners of the community? Have you considered the ways that you bring interest and hope into the lives of your neighbors? Have you imagined yourself as light or salt? The character Abilene used her own words to lift up. You are kind. You are smart. You are important. It's just another way of framing Jesus' words about being light and salt. And you have to find your own way to language that. I got much of the idea for this sermon from a commentary written by a preacher colleague named David Lose. And he suggests that we might consider keeping a salt and light diary. And I love this idea. What would it be like if this week you tracked the ways that you are light and that you are salt? What would it look like for you to notice the ways that you are bringing something of Christ-like salt and energy into this world? Notice the ways that you are light or salt. It happened to me this morning at Starbucks. No joke. I was working on my sermon, had on my collar, and this dad walks over with his five-year-old kid. And he's got, he said, my son has a question for you. And he, the little boy, was like, hello. And he said, is heaven a house? I was like, geez, kid, it's 8 a.m. I have not started work yet. Eventually, we got around to something that we could work with that involved markers and Legos. And he asked if the house was as big as the sky. And I said, yes, it is. And it's big enough to hold us all. So... You could draw all day, all of your life, and you could keep on going, trying to draw that house. Notice when it's happening. Light and salt coming into the world. And it's not a competition. I'm not going to look at your homework. It's just a spiritual exercise of awareness. Because the reality is the world needs light. The world needs salt. There are people in populations and communities who need to be told something different about themselves. One of the reasons that the African-American community suffered and suffers so much in this country is because of the narrative that was told about them for 400 years, that they were dangerous. The darkness of racism and segregation began by someone telling a people who they were, And then we began to believe them. But it's up to us to change that narrative. 
It's up to us to change that narrative. It's up to us to correct any narrative that works against the idea that all people are filled with the light and the energy and the holiness of God. We are called to remind the world that from God's perspective, every human creature is worthy of dignity and respect. And I know that that's hard to identify, especially in this political climate. But if we don't tell them, they'll forget and they'll begin to believe someone else. Ultimately, in the movie The Help, Abilene is forced to leave the home of the child she helped to raise. It's a very dramatic ending that always brings me to tears. But I believe and I hope that that child, who would be in her 50s today, I hope and believe that that child, like so many other children, will remember Abilene's words You are kind, you are smart, you are important. Maybe that little girl is here today. And maybe that little girl lives in every single one of us. So here we go. If you're here today and you've been told an untrue story about yourself, if you are here today and have fallen prey to false voices, if you are here and have forgotten who you are, I'm so pleased to remind you on behalf of this church of the identity given to you by and through Jesus, the risen and alive one. You are beautiful. You are smart. You are important. You are light. You are salt. You are a beloved, holy child of God. And don't let anyone ever tell you or anyone else anything different. Amen.